0: Get eighty percent off your impression kit when you use code Wondery at BYTE.com. That's B Y T E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week three victory episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Bet Online. The wait is finally over, and a triple header of fun is upon us this week, guys. Football's in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff early, like our beloved Chicago Bears. The NBA Finals are starting on Wednesday, and the NB- M- MLB playoffs are getting kicked off this week as well. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online head to bet online today and make and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses bet online your online sports book experts and uh it may not be the prettiest thing in the world when our beloved strut their stuff uh, on sundays but uh they surely make it interesting uh, for us, and uh, they did so again yesterday in Atlanta uh, against the Falcons, spotting them a 26-10 to 10 lead in the fourth quarter before uh, Nick Foles came out and uh, <laughs> played the hero uh, and earned himself a starting job uh, for Indianapolis on Sunday for week number four. So uh, let's go ahead and do the deep dive and dig into this super interesting uh, definitely wasn't boring, that's for sure. Uh, victory for our beloved against the Atlanta Falcons. It's the Week Three review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. I out loud and I don't know. Who out there wishes they had a football team that dominated everybody that they played with and leisurely mints, leisurely got you through your Sunday when you could have a football team that has you on the edge of your anxiety, needing blood pressure medication and praying for death for the first 45 minutes of a game, only to make you thank God that you were alive for the last 15. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the week three review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. We got knee-jerk reactions coming up here shortly. Uh, Just, I mean, what a bananas game. And not only was it bananas because of the way it went down. It's not the first time that this has happened to either team. You know, the Bears pulled this off two weeks ago against Detroit in almost mirror fashion, almost from the same deficit to come back and win the football game, only to do it again this week, two weeks later, uh, in Atlanta, on the road again uh, to, to stun the Falcons. And the Falcons famously... Gave up a 19-point lead with about 20 minutes to go in the game. I think they were about, you know, five minutes to go in the third quarter. They are up 29 to 10. They were still up, you know, 15 points or something uh, on the uh, Cowboys uh, going into this, going into the end of it and lose on the final play of the game with a field goal. Um, I, I just And they did that last week. So back-to-back weeks, the Falcons have these catastrophic meltdowns where they lose football games, this should be a 2-1 and team, uh, the Falcons. The Bears, by all rights, should be 0-3, but we just keep finding ways to win. Whether, like in Detroit, we let the team lose on their own and we just claim victory, uh, or, you know, like we we came up short against the Giants, we very well could have lost that game as well. And then, you know, Atlanta had us dead to rights, <laughs> you know, going into the fourth quarter, 26-10. to We got our backup out there because our starter can't get it done. Uh, you know i mean it could not look any worse for the bears than it did and then 15 minutes later we're uh we're all (laughs) we're victorious and walking out still undefeated i mean god help us all it went down just like that uh on sunday i mean it just you know (laughs) it's just so crazy you'll hear me say at the start of the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction uh if i hadn't seen it with my own eyes i wouldn't have believed it just like i said at the end of the you know the knee-jerk reaction for Detroit. You know Mitch and his three touchdowns. Same thing. Nick comes off the bench, three touchdowns from him. The Bears win. I mean, it's just it was unbelievable. So I mean, for the for it to go out, go down like this, and you know throughout the fourth quarter, fighting the feeling that we were coming back into this thing, for, and not so much because I didn't want it to, but it's just like this can't happen again, can it? I mean, and in like I said, in both cases this can't Atlanta can't let this happen a second time this time at home but you know they can't let this happen a second time and we can't do this a second time can I mean is this happening I, am I literally sitting here What did I fall asleep at halftime when I was waiting for the second no this is happening I'm awake I've pinched myself the whole nine yards this is reality the Falcons are letting this happen again and the Bears are doing this uh again so unbelievable unbelievable you know it just and it has a a a more positive spin on it than the Detroit game does and I'll go ahead and tell you why now instead of you know waiting until later Uh, a buddy of mine we talked about this and I I was saying you know it's just like the just like the Detroit game you know where you know they blew a big lead and we came back and uh, we played the 60 minute ball game and and you know crushed it in the fourth quarter to to win And he's like, no, this was a little bit different because, you know, Detroit lost the game more than the Bears won at week one. The Bears won this game. And it wasn't, you know, like Atlanta made catastrophic uh, decisions. I mean, they they had some poor clock management uh, in the fourth quarter. They were still throwing the football when they had the lead. And they would run the ball pretty well against the Bears uh, yesterday. So you wonder what the hell they were doing there i mean they had two drives that took up a total of one minute off the clock two drives in the fourth quarter they took one was 49 seconds the other one the last one before we scored the game-winning touchdown was 11 seconds they took 11 seconds off the clock before giving the ball back to us to to score the the game-winning drive two drives took a total of one minute off the board trying to protect the lead unbelievable uh by the way of the uh, of the falcons And this time, like, the Bears won the game week one against Detroit because DeAndre Swift dropped the game-winning touchdown pass. That didn't happen here. Atlanta went on a little bit of a drive, got into Chicago Bear territory, and then the defense shut the door. Tayshawn Gibson comes up with the interception, shuts the door, boom, game over. And then the cherry on top was David Montgomery running for, like, 12 yards on first and 10 so that Atlanta's got to start burning timeouts, and they just run out of clock uh, in the process. So, I mean, we really did take the lead in the fourth quarter and then shut the door. Win in my opinion, that's us winning the game more than Atlanta uh, lost it, whereas like, I don't really feel like I could say the same thing about Detroit. The Lions should have won that game against us. I mean, there's no denying that. We'll take the win, obviously. And... um you know, this is not a recipe for long-term success, guys, but if this is how we're going to rack up Ws, at least they won't be boring, right? So anyway, let's go ahead and dive in to these knee-jerk reactions uh, as I've been kind of giving you a prelude. Uh, first quarter, meh, you know, not really enjoying it, <laughs> to be honest with you. We're, we're moving the football, but we can't close two drives you know we get away one field goal or actually two field goal attempts one miss one make you know and of course Atlanta brings my fears right to the precipice on the very first play with the big play to, to, to Calvin Ridley it's like oh boy here we go this is exactly what I was worried about knee yeah. jerk reaction first quarter Bears and Falcons eh, another one of those quarters you know I mean. The Bears come out, and we look like an offense that's facing one of the worst defenses in football because we're moving the ball down the field at will on the opening drive. Um, And then I don't know what happens when the Bears get inside the red zone or when they get inside the 30-yard line. It's like all of a sudden, like all things that make sense or anything like that just kind of get tossed out the, the window. You know, first game, first play of the game, David Montgomery runs the football up the gut for like eight yards, and then we don't see him again. Then it's Cordell Patterson, it's Tariq Cohen, instead of keeping uh, Montgomery in there and handing him the football to be our workhorse uh, running back. You know, it's Nagy trying to be the smartest guy in the room again. And then, you know, Mitch is throwing the ball well, but on third down and five or whatever it was, it was one of those things where. You know, this is a secondary waiting to be exploited, and we just, we we keep everything in front of them. We make it easy for them, and Mitch throws it into traffic on third down, trying to hit Robinson on a on a slant route to get the first down, and Santos misses uh, the field goal. It's like you know, I I doubt very much that he'll be our kicker next week against the Colts if Eddie Pinero is ready to come off of uh, IR, but. My biggest fear was realized, first play of the game for the Falcons, uh, Calvin Ridley, 62 yards down the center of the field, gets gets, um, in zone coverage, because Kyle Fuller passes him off to Eddie Jackson, he gets behind Eddie Jackson, 62 yards down to the one yard line, two plays later, boom, Atlanta's in the end zone, so three plays and about a minute 10 seconds, Atlanta's on the board, thankfully they missed the field goal so it was only 6-0, and then the Bears, once again, offense looked like they were facing one of the worst defenses at will, moving the ball down the field, and then once we got in the red zone, we came up short, once again, had to go for the field goal, and Santos made that one, you know, they're showing, just about to start the second quarter, 22 plays for the Bears, almost 12 minutes time of possession, 7 plays for the Falcons, 3 minutes time of possession, and we're losing, so... We need to take control of this game, and we need to finish drives. We need to finish drives if we want to win this game against the Falcons. So all my concerns about this matchup, the Falcons and their big play capability, the the, the lack of big play capability on our side uh, of the field for for offense, and, you know, like saying, if if Atlanta hits on some of these big plays and they get a couple of easy scores— I don't think that we can keep up with these guys. I really don't. And for the most part, I was right. You know, Atlanta was, was did kind of come out having that big play capability. They, you know, like I said, first play of the game, Calvin Ridley, boom, down the center of the field, gets behind Eddie Jackson, uh, you know, and it's just by the grace of God they were able to push him out so that he falls short one yard. And, you know, two plays later they give it to Hayden Hurst in the end zone uh, for a touchdown. And, you know, just like that, it's like we had like a six, six and a half minute drive to miss a field goal. And they took like a buck ten off the field to put a touchdown on the board. It's like if it's going to be like this, it's going to be a long day. I mean, and then, like I said, we came right back down the field, marched it on down, came up short and it had to settle for another field goal. And like you heard me just say, 22 plays for the Bears, 12 and a half minutes or, you know, like almost 12 minutes time of possession it was like 11 and change. And the Falcons had had the ball for seven plays, three minutes, but they're winning. You know, it's like this is this is exactly what I was afraid of, that we'd be up there burning all kinds of clock, running the ball, dinking and dunking our way down the field. We give the ball back to Atlanta, and boom, they're down to the other end of the field in three plays in two seconds, you know, putting, the t- putting a touchdown on the board. And, you know, it's like my fears were not um, soothed at all in the first quarter this is exactly what I was worried about that it would just be an, a day full of this that you know it just you just you know some plays are bad matchups and well, you know with with the what Atlanta was able to do uh, early on you just got a feeling that Matt Ryan was going to have another big day that Calvin Ridley was going to be a stud like he had been for the first two weeks of the of the season leading receiver in catches yards and touchdowns uh, coming into the uh, into the game and was living up to that and then some in the first quarter uh, against the Bears and had some really nice catches in the second quarter uh, as well that helped them extend uh, their lead. And, you know, here we are with with Mitch, we're thinking and Dunkin', uh, you know, and like I said about David Montgomery, I, I think the, the Tariq Cohen injury, as much as that one sucks, and it's going to hurt, you know, he was such a good guy, uh, such a good, uh, you know, versatile player, Uh, for us running the ball well so far this year with the improved offensive line Uh, he was very good at running between the tackles obviously he's an all-pro punt returner for us we're definitely going to miss him however this could be a blessing in disguise for our running game because I would assume that the carries that were meant for Tariq Cohen would now go to David Montgomery those plays coming out of the backfield would go to David Montgomery because Montgomery can catch the ball out of the backfield he's a very good receiver so you know this could be a blessing in disguise that we get more David Montgomery with the lack of Tariq Cohen for the rest of the season because uh, the Bears confirmed today it was a torn ACL he is done for the year I mean that just that all kinds of sucks man it really does to lose Tariq for the uh for the season um, but like I said, it could be a blessing in disguise in regard to our running game that we see more to ter- excuse me, more David Montgomery in the passing game and more importantly in the running game because we just we never really got him into a rhythm on Sunday. I think he only had like 14 carries uh, on Sunday. Yeah, 14 carries, 45 yards, so 3.2 yards a carry uh, for Montgomery, and of course Trubisky. Uh, right before the f- the end of the first half, you hear me talk about a knee jerk reaction here in a minute. Forty five yards on that one carry that set up the first Jimmy Graham touchdown in the second quarter. You know we need more David Montgomery. We do. We need more David Montgomery. We need him running the football twenty to twenty five times a game. He's got to be that guy. You know I don't I don't necessarily would, you know want uh carries taken away from Cordero Patterson. So like I said, maybe the Tariq Cohen. Uh, lost will be a blessing in disguise in regard to our running game because those carries can now go to David Montgomery and he should he could get those extra you know let's see I mean Tariq went down in the fourth quarter and he only carried the ball twice yesterday so that would have given him 16 carries instead of 14 so whatever but you guys know what I'm saying like last week against uh, the Giants it was it was like that and uh, you know I don't it just uh, you know get the ball get him more give them the football more please We're, we're so much better at running the ball this year. And I feel like we're wasting David Montgomery by constantly, you know, taking him in and out of the game and, and, and all that kind of stuff. It's like, leave him in there, give him the football, let him be the workhorse back that he was in college. Let him be that guy for us. And, uh, you know, that will open things up, especially with Foles at quarterback. That's going to be really interesting, uh, going forward. But, um, anyway, like I said, first quarter, all my fears came to the surface Everything that I was afraid of in this matchup, you know, came to fruition. Second quarter did not do much to uh, to settle my fears, but uh, we were able to narrow the gap a bit, and it was still a ball game at halftime. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears and Falcons. Again, not very good. Um, you know, it's... It's, it's what I feared. It's the Falcons and their big play capability against our offense that doesn't have a big play capability. Quite frankly, they just don't. And we actually proved that here uh, in the second quarter. Uh, the Falcons put up 10 points here in the, uh, in the second quarter. Um, got a field goal at one point and uh, was really fun to watch a team that can't run the ball. Score a 30-plus yard uh, running play uh, on a tu- you know a touchdown on a 30-yard running play that was nice uh, as well that put the Falcons up 16 to three on the Bears because up to this point this secondary that was diced and carved to pieces by Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, the Bears hadn't been challenging him. It was all about this, you know, the dink and dunk thing, five yards here, ten yards there, maybe a 15-yard slant if we're lucky, uh, that kind of thing. But as far as, like you know, like challenging this secondary, the Bears weren't flat out not doing it. And we, we finally get the ball back. We're down 16-3, to and best player of the drive – Mitch finally, finally runs the football. A big 45-yard gain gets the Bears down to the five. Two plays later, Mitch connects on a touchdown pass to Jimmy Graham to make it 16-10. Now, like going into the ensuing drive, You know, texting my friends and my dad and everything like, well, the Bears have to buckle down here because Atlanta gets the ball to start the second half. So we got to shut them down. Not only do we shut them down, we get the ball back after only about like 35 seconds. The Bears get the ball back with like a minute 20 to go. Now, all of a sudden, we want to challenge the secondary. First play on first down is a shot down the sideline to uh, Darnell Mooney. But great coverage. That's going to happen. Uh, second play don't remember what that was but I just know that third down here we are on third down we take another shot Anthony Miller wide open down the center of the field Mitch overthrows him and his inability to hit that big play downfield is killing us not just today but overall how many times How many touchdowns, how many big plays have we missed out on because Mitch can't deliver on those big throws? He misses every single time. And you guys know that that's my running theme, you know, winning more than you're losing. And on those throws, Mitch loses every time, every time he doesn't hit those throws at all, you know and it could have been it was 16 to 10 he hits anthony miller on that i'm talking about how the bears took the lead with a minute 15 to go and then we have a 17 to 16 lead instead we gave the ball back to atlanta and it's 16 to 10 here at uh at halftime so it's like i going into the second half i'm not really sure what to say the uh what the solution is to win the football game um you know we we got to continue to slow the falcons down on offense like we basically need to put a cap on these 16 points like we can't let them score any more than that and then on offense it's just a matter of finishing drives because we honestly aren't having much trouble moving the ball at all so it's about putting the ball in the end zone putting touchdowns on the board instead of field goal and then limiting mistakes on defense We had a lot of penalties on defense so far six or seven in the first half definitely need to cut back on that so, we're still in the ball game. It's only 16 to 10 right now. Atlanta does start with the football, so the defense needs to make a statement in the first drive of the second half to establish this is going to be our game and not theirs. So, we got a mouthful there. It was over 4 minutes uh when uh when I got finally got done talking uh into uh into halftime there. But, you know, there was a lot to digest in that second quarter. A lot of frustrations uh there i mean i talked about mitch and his inability to hit the big play uh it's uh, ironic that we talked about that anthony miller one because that one came back and uh when nick Foles had a chance to run it he nailed it and we won the game with it it was the exact same play or so we've been told um you know it just um that was one of mitch's weaknesses but you guys heard me it's like i wasn't looking for mitch to get benched because I didn't think it would happen we're still in the football game it's not over yet we're only down one score you know we yeah we missed a couple opportunities we left some points uh, on the field but this game hasn't gotten away from us by any stretch uh, of the imagination so it wasn't you know I wasn't looking at Mitch being the major uh, the major problem or, or anything like that it's just that you know he if if he hits on those on those throws that he misses almost every time. Of course, I was exaggerating by saying he's never hit. He's hit some, but he misses way more than he ever hits uh, on those big passes. And it always just seems like in that moment where we really need him to do it, he's always off target. You know, he throws it behind the receiver so the defender can catch up and knock it away, or he overthrows by a country mile uh, like he did uh, Anthony Miller on that one play. Because Anthony Miller was like two steps in front of the Safety, same as he was on the the same play in that basically the same spot of the field. But Nick Foles put the ball on the money, and we got a game winning touchdown instead of you know, you know having the lead in half at halftime. And even though we're basically getting outplayed by Atlanta, we're winning the football game uh, at the half. Instead, they've got a you know basically a touchdown lead, and they start with the ball in the second half. You know, it's a completely different ball game if he hits that pass. If he hits that pass. Everything changes. I don't think that his leash is as short. I mean, let's say he does hit that pass. He hits that pass. We score a touchdown. We're up seventeen to sixteen at the half. And let's say that everything that happens in the third quarter happens the same. Like Mitch comes like the, Atlanta drives the field, they score that touchdown in the third quarter. Then Mitch throws that interception. I'm not sure Nagy pulls him at that point. You know, like, yeah, we're down 23 to 17, but, you know, we're still in this ball game. It's still a six-point game or anything like that. Instead, Mitch doesn't hit that throw. Then Atlanta drives the field. Then Mitch throws the pick. Then Nagy pulls pulls his cord. Like, that's it. We're done. So, I mean, it just, it was a game-changing throw, and we didn't quite realize it uh, at the time because I was absolutely shocked when it happened. I'll talk more about that. Uh, after we do the third quarter knee-jerk reaction but the second quarter like I said was more of the same Atlanta was basically doing whatever they needed to do and, and like I said it was fun watching a team that can't run the football run a 35-yard touchdown play basically down our throats Gurley had 80 yards rushing uh, in the game Hill was the running back that had the 35-yarder uh, to go up uh, 16-3 to at the time And, you know, Atlanta was able to do whatever they needed to do uh, there in the first half. And, you know, we couldn't catch a break in any way or or form. That kind of became the theme of the first three quarters for the Bears. Atlanta was getting every break and they were getting every call. You heard me mention that we need to cut down on penalties. We had like six penalties on the defense. We had roughing the passer calls. We had this. We had that. I mean, it was getting... Like, Jesus, man, are we going to be able to catch it? Br- I mean, just like from the first play of Atlanta, 62 yards down the field to every call going Atlanta's way was just like, this is just not our day. I mean, you can just, you know, I can almost feel okay about the Bears losing this game because it just basically wasn't in the cards for us to win this. It's obvious. Atlanta's going to get every break they're going to get every call and they're playing well on top of it all so this was just Atlanta's day I can write this off as just that's it this was their day no matter what we never really had a chance uh in this one but it was like super frustrating we could not catch a break that extended itself into the third quarter you hear me talk about that here uh in just a moment but it's just like you know Every time Atlanta wanted to do something, boom, they were able to do it. Matt Ryan, uh, you know, even when they when Atlanta did something wrong, the Bears did something wronger and gave them the ball back, extended the drive, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was it was really frustrating to no frustrating to watch and especially frustrating to be behind at halftime knowing that we had the opportunities. We left a field goal on the board to start the game. We missed out on a touchdown. We very well should have been up 20 to 16. Uh, at the half, instead of down sixteen to ten, so that's where the the frustration kind of came in there. But even with all that, I didn't think that Mitch was in danger of getting pulled. Uh, and then, as you hear, third quarter knee jerk reaction, uh, Nagy went ahead and surprised us all and uh, pulled the trigger that we didn't know uh, we didn't know he knew where the trigger was, and uh, he showed us that he definitely did. Yeah. Knee jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears and Falcons and. It's gotten worse. The uh, Falcons took the opening drive of the second half straight down the field and put a touchdown on the board with little to no resistance from our defense, who's been just – they've been terrible today. I mean, they've been able to, to, to get at um, Ryan a couple of times, but overall he's got the time that he needs. And coming into this game, Atlanta was terrible running the football They've been running all over us, which has been a problem for the Bears the first couple of weeks. And, um, you know, so overall the defense has not done well. They've been terrible uh, today, quite frankly. And, um, you know, Mitch uh, Mitch comes out after the Falcons go up 23-10 to and throws an inexcusable interception. Makes a bad read, didn't see the DB sitting there. The guy nearly runs it back, if not for Mitch, saving the touchdown and making the tackle himself. And not a big surprise. The very next offensive offensive drive after the Bears' defense holds and only gives up a field goal, who comes onto the field? Not Mitch. Nick Foles comes out, leads the team right down the field, and we got screwed on a 50-50 ball. Uh, Robinson and the DB... Both have simultaneous possession when they hit the ground. But when they hit the ground, the DB finishes with the ball. It's initially called a touchdown. And then even though there was really no conclusive evidence either way on the replay, they reversed the call. And that's been the other theme of the day today, is that the Bears can't, Atlanta's been getting every break. Atlanta's been getting every call on top of the fact that they're outplaying the Bears today it was like I just put a tweet out on on Twitter those are the three reasons the Bears are losing Atlanta's getting every break Atlanta's getting every call but more importantly they're playing better than the Bears and even if they hadn't been get every break and every call I think they'd still be winning because they're playing better it would just be a closer football game so you know that's what's making it worse that's why the score is 26 to 10 and not 26 to 17 or 26 to to 20 I, you know, the Bears just can't catch a break today. Atlanta's catching them all, and and they're playing better on top of it. So here we go into the fourth quarter, see if the Bears can pull off a miracle, but Atlanta's starting with the football, and they're, they're closing in on scoring again. So there that was. We got the Nick Foles change, but it was kind of marred by the fact that on his opening drive, we do, you know, move down the field. Once again, you know, moving the chains, putting first downs, you know, stacking up on those uh, time of possession uh, minutes. But, um, you know, can't catch a break in the fact that, you know, Allen Robinson has another ball for the second week in a row taken out of his hands. But this time it wasn't as egregious as it was last week. He had the ball all the way to the ground. And you go back and you look at the replay, he catches the football with the D.B., he has a foot down and then a shoulder touches and then when when Robinson hits the ground his momentum carries him literally over the top of the the DB and the DB hangs on to the ball but it's just like the rule is supposed to be that when you know Robinson has a foot down and the shoulder would be as good as you know getting the second foot down he has possession of the football at that time it's a touchdown that's it that's the end of the play but instead they um they ruled they reversed it and because the db ended up with the ball that's it it's over it's a it's not a touchdown it's an interception for Foles, uh is what it is first and 10 atlanta at the 20 it's a touchback and it's just like that's exactly what i was talking about not only were the falcons playing better than the bears in the first three quarters of the game but they were getting every break they were getting every call and that's that's really what was killing uh the bears uh in in those first 3 games like i said we had those 6 7 defensive penalties in the first half those moments like that the the stupid you know roughing the passer calls and and things like that i mean hell it even happened in the 4th quarter on the the Tariq Cohen injury it happened on a punt return a guy goes flying into um you know Tariq Cohen's leg and it, his leg was planted in the ground it buckles He's done. Tariq Cohen's done for the year, and it was initially a flag, but then they picked it up because they say that he was pushed into uh, Tariq Cohen, and it's like, okay, that's that's there. It is again. There it is again. You know, Atlanta catches another break instead of another 15 yards tacked on to where Tariq uh, caught the football. You know, it's it's there, and we lose one of our best players on offense on top of it so we're just like all right here we go this is this is just not meant to happen uh today you know it's just not meant to happen and it's funny how comforting that thought can be you know in a losing effort like it just it just wasn't meant to be man nothing went our way you know not only did we not play well but we also you know they caught every break they caught every call it was just it was just meant to be it was an Atlanta day um and that's how it was feeling uh, and, and, and like I said, I was surprised. I said in the knee-jerk reaction I wasn't surprised. I absolutely was. That was total total BS. I was absolutely surprised to see Foles walking into the huddle uh, there in the back half of the third quarter after that interception. Uh, you know, it's like, whoa, Foles in the game. Like, okay, here we go. And, you know, it's like I texted like three or four of my buddies watching the game. I was like, oh, my God, this is happening. Foles is in the game. I can't believe it. You know, I was like, I didn't know what it would take and apparently Nagy has reached his tipping point and that's it. He's done uh, and we're going with Foles and seeing what happens here and uh, you know, I was like, wow, okay. Okay. Let's see what happens. I mean, we've we've all wondered. We didn't get a preseason this year to be able to, to get a taste to see what it would look like with Nick Foles uh, at the helm running the offense uh, and everything and it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty in the start of the uh third quarter i mean Foles was uh and i guess you could chalk it up to be an apologist i guess for nick at least in the third quarter anyway that uh you know this guy as a backup since the since you know mitch was named the starter going into week one uh against the lions he went from 50 50 on the reps to about 90 10 uh you know having to take more mental reps than actual physical ones under center uh in practice And here we are, two and a half quarters into this game. You're in, warm up, get out there and run our offense. Yeah, he was rusty to start, for sure. You know, he was definitely, uh, he was off target on some things. He was still doing very good things, but, you know, I think he started like four for 11 or something like that. It wasn't, uh, it didn't exactly, you know, exude confidence, uh, you know, or instill confidence, I should say, in, in in the fan base. Uh, the way that he came out uh early on i did love the touch that he put on that throw to allen robinson that's exactly how you want that throw uh to go you know the 50-50 ball is um you know that that it was a perfect throw that he, that he put in there robinson just didn't come down with it according to the officials and um you know it just uh it, it just it wasn't pretty right off the bat you know stumbled a bit out of the blocks but he settled down in the fourth quarter, and, you know, I'll talk about it once I get done with the knee-jerk reaction. I think I actually even talk about it in the knee-jerk reaction a little bit, but the tide changed. Once we got settled down on offense, The Atlanta got the last of their breaks on the first Anthony Miller touchdown. Uh, that wasn't a touchdown, and that was the last of Atlanta's breaks. After that, everything changed, and uh, as you'll hear me say in the knee-jerk reaction, Um, we pulled off another miracle. I still can't believe it. Knee jerk reaction. Fourth quarter bears and Falcons. And, uh, I said this two weeks ago against the lions and I'll say it again. If I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. I mean, nothing that we did in the first three quarters would have made me believe that what just happened was possible. But uh, Big Dick Nick himself comes in and throws three, count them, three fourth-quarter touchdown passes. Our defense finally started getting some stops on Atlanta, and we finally started getting some breaks and some calls going our way. And apparently, ball that up, throw it into a blender, and what you have is another miracle fourth-quarter comeback for the Bears. Uh, the first one was a, uh, you know, it was a it was a red zone touchdown pass from like two yards out to Jimmy Graham, made it twenty six to sixteen. We tried to go for two to make it a one score game and missed. My problem was that Graham wasn't on the field for the two point play for some reason. But anyway, the Bears get the ball back. This time, Allen Robinson. And the thing is, today with Allen Robinson. It's been a lot of uh, me saying, like when Robinson catches the ball, to keep your feet, keep your feet, keep your feet. Like he always keeps seeing to get like a a shoelace tackle or something like that. And then finally, he catches the ball, gets away from one defender. Another one tries to trip him up. He keeps his feet, runs it in for a touchdown. Now all of a sudden it's 26-23 to with about four and a half minutes to go in the game. The Bears get the ball back again. And on like a third and eight play, Foles is getting hit as he throws. Throws a perfect dime of a throw to a wide open Anthony Miller down the middle of the field. Boom! It's thirty to twenty six, just like that. And then to cap it all off, Matt Ryan throws an interception to Tayshon Gibson with about a buck twenty to go. Um, you know, it was like, okay, well they still got two two timeouts left. Well, we took care of that on the very first play when David Montgomery got like 12 on first and 10. They had to burn their other timeouts. The game was over after that. Bears win 30-26. We're 3-0 to and going into our next matchup next week at home against the Colts. I mean, yeah, it was the Lions game all over again. It was, I mean, but with the Lions, we just weren't playing well. And obviously Mitch was a big part of that. Um, Mitch did not play well today, but I, it wasn't as bad as the Lions game. I, I don't. I wouldn't go so far as to to say that I wasn't actually calling for Mitch to get tossed, like I was in the in the Lions game. It just happened. Like after he threw the pick, I guess Nagy was like, "All right, we got to we got to go a different direction here and see what happens." And it worked out. It worked out. And I mean, Foles was far from perfect, but he was perfect enough to help us get this win. Uh, today and give us a shot to finish out the first quarter of the season next week against the Colts undefeated and there it is couple of things um you know it turns out that um as funny as this is going to sound it is absolutely true when you think about it but um you know who actually saved the game for us it was Mitch it was actually Mitch that saved the game for us. And if, if you're wondering how Mitch made a touchdown saving tackle on his interception and the defense held to a field goal to make it 26 to 10, as opposed to that guy running it back for a touchdown, it would have been 30 to 10. So we're sending it to overtime uh, at best, um, you know, as opposed to winning the game outright. Thanks to Mitch and his gay and his touchdown-saving tackle, that opened the door for us to really to win the game. Uh, you know, so kudos to Mitch, game-saving tackle, his his parting gift, if you will, uh, to the Bears. Whether we see him again this year, I think we will uh, at some point under some circumstance. I think we'll see Mitch on the field again at some point, um, just because. It's 2020, so why the hell not? You know what I mean? (laughs) Just why wouldn't that happen at some point for one reason or another? Um, You know, I don't think we've seen the last of Mitch, at least not in 2020 uh, anyway. But, uh, you know, I don't know how some of you are taking that news just hearing it from me right now. I I don't. And it's not like I'm rooting for for Nick to get hurt so we can see Mitch again or or anything like that. Um, You know, this could be the best thing to ever happen to Mitch because he was able to win the quarterback job in training camp but the deck was so stacked in his favor you know that it just there was it was going to take him losing the job so more than Nick Foles winning it i mean because after you saw what those two guys did against the same defense yesterday can you imagine a scenario in which Mitch actually won the job over Nick Foles cuz i can't i really can't i think it was always going to be Mitch No matter what, the competition was made to be as real as it possibly could to push Mitch, to give him that one last chance, and we finally, you know, he finally pulled the rope tight. Nagy reeled him back in and put Foles out there, and we saw what the results were uh, on Sunday. But um, you know, that was Mitch's parting gift as our starting quarterback for now was his touchdown-saving tackle ended up making the difference in the game. So how's that for irony? But, uh, you know, you heard me talk about it. It was like all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, the breaks starting going started breaking towards the Bears instead of against us. The Falcons had finished the game with seven penalties for the game. All of them were in the fourth quarter. Every single one. They didn't have one penalty for the first three quarters of the game. The seven that they racked up uh for the game all happened in the fourth quarter uh whether it was some kind of silly personal foul penalty that gave the bears yards they didn't earn whatever it was those penalties started going against them and started going for us we started catching breaks like the one throw that Foles made to jimmy graham i mean we got three blake three breaks on one play it was bananas okay Foles uh breaks the pocket he's rolling out to his left he throws the ball to jimmy graham and between graham and the football there are three defenders three of them somehow even though one of them tips the ball somehow that ball got through those three defenders and into the hands of jimmy graham jimmy graham who i believe was surprised to catch the football turns around and starts to run it one of the defenders comes from behind and Peanut punches the ball out of his hands. Break number two, Anthony Miller was right there, picks up the ball and tries to advance it because if he does cleanly, there's nothing between him and the end zone. He'll be able to walk right in. But instead, another defender, as he's you know just barely picking the ball up, somebody knocks the ball out of his hands. Break number three, Anthony falls on it and recovers the football. Three breaks on one play, and it's just like, okay. Uh, (laughs) That's just stone cold luck right there. You know, it's like finally things are going in our direction. We might actually be able to make a ball game uh, out of this thing. And that was before the first touchdown uh, to Graham uh, took place. But it was like that was like the first inkling that things were finally headed in our direction to at least make a ball game out of this. And. You know, that happened in, you know, because I think this also even happened. I think this was the drive that Tariq did get hurt. So, you know, it's like the, the Tariq Cohen thing and Atlanta avoiding the penalty was like the last break Atlanta got, and then it flipped to Chicago uh, the rest of the way. And that play being a perfect example of how that was going to go for the rest of the game. And then the other break that the Bears got was... Atlanta's offense in the fourth quarter I I talked about it at the top of the show. They had drives in the fourth quarter. I mean, let's see if I can pull it up real quick on my on my phone here. But it's like going back fourth quarter um three plays minus 5 yards, 22 seconds off the clock. That was Atlanta's last drive before punting the ball Uh, back to the Bears and most of that was the punt you know the hang time the return uh, and so on because those three plays actually took about 11 seconds off the board Uh, the previous um, drive before that three plays one yard one minute total off the clock the drive before that three plays five yards a buck 36 off the clock and meanwhile the Bears are chipping away at their at the lead You know, they're chipping away at the lead. It's just, it's all coming apart for Atlanta. And instead of running the football, which they did fairly well against the Bears uh, on Sunday, like I said, Gurley had 80 yards rushing on 14 carries. Uh, Hill had nine carries for 58 yards uh, and a touchdown averaging six yards a carry between the the two of them. 5.7 for Gurley, 6.4 for Hill. And instead of running the football to you know to to try to use up all the clock force the bears to use their their timeouts and and everything like that they just came out th- throwing the football um like the, like they were trying to win the game on one play as opposed to you know working you know d- just and here's the thing it's funny because you hear me lament uh naggy all the time for playing playing not to lose like he did last week against the the giants but uh You know, I guess this was one of those times where playing to win really hurt the Falcons because uh, before that final drive, before the final drive, Matt Ryan was 0 for 7 in the fourth quarter, before he finally, I think, got like three or four completions on the final drive. He he was something like 3 of 11 for 31 yards in the fourth quarter when they had a 16-point lead. You know, he, he went 0 for 7. In the, in the fourth quarter before that last drive. Um, I mean, it's just, that's where Atlanta lost the ball or lost the game right there. It's like that was the one thing that went in the Bears' favors that Atlanta kind of shot themselves in the foot. They weren't, uh, I mean, not saying that they would have, you know, that running the football would be playing not to lose, but there's a strategy to these things, and they were not employing that strategy at all, you know, they were not employing that strategy at all. It was unbelievable, uh you know. And of course, we as bear fans like we'll take it. You've you've taken three seconds off the clock and you're giving the ball back already. And you know, Nick Foles is getting hot and heating up, and the rest of the uh, offense is you know responding to the the momentum shift and everything. The defense is flying around and making plays and getting stops and and three and outs. And before you know it, a twenty six to ten deficit is a thirty to twenty six lead, and like it's like okay, here we go again. Atlanta did it again. the Bears uh did it again. It was unbelievable to sit there and watch it unfold again you know on in on both sides you know and it's funny the the what's up Falcons guys were hitting me up today like see what we were talking about with our team. Of course this happened. you know of course we didn't have a lead or we, of course we had a lead that we couldn't protect. And, you know, <laughs> Nick Foles comes off the bench and he's Superman of, because like you heard him in the previous show, it's like, you know, we, we have a knack for making, um, you know, average to mediocre quarterbacks look uh, fantastic. And, you know, Mitch was still a uh, uh, mediocre Mitch on on Sunday, but Foles came in and he was a Titan out there and, and you know, seemingly won the game by himself <laughs> with uh, everything that he was able to do. Uh, with the offense so you know it was a remarkable thing to watch because you guys know this when have the Bears ever been this lucky to be able to do something like this twice in one season you know and to do it in such quick succession the only time I can remember something like this happening in the past would be 2001 when we had those back-to-back wins over the 49ers and the Cleveland Browns, in overtime. The miraculous comebacks that the Bears had to pull off to get themselves to overtime, and then the insane deflection interception pick sixes that Mike Brown had in back-to-back weeks to shut the door on both of those games. That's the only thing that comes close to this. You know, those insane two weeks for the Bears against the 49ers and the Browns back in 2001, and here we are almost 20 years later, you know, Far more dramatic, as far as the you know the comebacks that we had to make, and uh, you know, or at least a little bit less drama, you know, not as exciting uh, as a as a walk off touchdown in, in those two overtime games, but you know, very similar results uh, with miraculous wins. Only the Bears were able to pull it off in in regulation, as opposed to needing overtime uh, in those bananas games back in one with that insane. That insane, that insane team that was basically a flash in the pan and, uh, you know, Dick Geron's last hurrah uh, as head coach before he went and, you know, ruined the team for 2002 and 2003 before Lovey came around. So, yeah. But um, so that was the game, guys. I mean, the defense finally started getting some three and outs. Atlanta helped us by, you know, Exposing themselves to what we do best, and that's rush the passer. We've had so much trouble with the run this year they was they sat back there and let our guys eat. They let Mac and Quinn and and Keem Hicks and you know all those guys get after them and we were able to to put hits on them to to get out there and and you know disrupt the pocket uh and things like that and uh you know, put the ball back into the hands of an offense that was starting to cook under the new quarterback. I mean Atlanta played themselves right into our hands. The Bears were just, I mean, the the perseverance of this team, you know, say what you want about how we've won these three games. The one thing you can't say is that, you know, they've given up on any of them. You know, they, they, when, even when I'm sitting here on my couch in my living room, like, well, (sighs) looks like it's not our day. This one's over. You know, it's like, I'm just, uh, Come into grips with uh, losing this game to Atlanta, losing it in the way that we did. And like I've mentioned a couple of times, there was some kind of strange comfort in the fact that nothing was breaking our way. It just wasn't our day, you know. It's like you can almost accept losing that way, and um but certainly can't accept the way the Falcons have lost the last two weeks. I can only imagine what the what's up Falcons guys are are going through. You um, know, just you know having to sit through that. It's just. Oof, man, that's that's rough. I don't wish that on anybody. You know, it's like I'm sorry that that this had to happen to them for us to experience our glory. That's that really sucks. Those are fun guys, and uh, they deserve better than what their football team is giving them uh, these days. So, um, so we move to three and zero, guys. Uh, like I said at the end of the knee jerk reaction, we have a, a very real possibility. This coming Sunday at home against the Colts to finish the fourth quarter of the season four and zero, you know, going into our Thursday night matchup with the Buccaneers, an undefeated team, and um, you know it's it's a real possibility, and uh, you know it's uh, it's going to be a fun matchup, I think, um, and the defense is going to have its job cut out for itself uh, in the running game because Indianapolis has a stud offensive line uh with Quentin Nelson who I ooh, as much as I love Roquan Smith if we could go back and do it again I'd be hard pressed to pass on Quentin Nelson man Ooh, you know that's that's tough I love James Daniel he played really really well yesterday uh, especially in the second half he got off to a rocky start in the beginning he wasn't doing very well but uh, you know in the second half James James Daniels was tossing dudes around he was he was getting it done uh you know it's like i love roquan i love james daniels but if you tell me i could get quentin nelson playing that left guard spot oof, that's hard to pass up that is hard to pass up especially as a former offensive lineman myself that's just uh let's just say that uh watching quentin nelson you know knock dudes around that's uh that makes me moist i'll just go out and say it you know this quentin nelson's a bad man and i wish he wore our colors instead of theirs so Anyway, that matchup is coming up this week. Uh, we're going to have um, Jacob Mammert from uh, Colts, Colts Brawl uh, podcast to uh, to help us preview that episode, uh, preview the game. Uh, that'll be our next show on Thursday. So come back as we start our preview for Bears-Colts, see if we can get this 4-0 and record that we kind of envisioned when the schedule came out this game against the falcons was the one that i was most most worried about and even though the the colts are playing well i, I do think we have the better team and it's just a matter of going out in there going out there and proving it uh on sunday so it's uh, the four knows of real thing guys this can actually uh happen for us uh on sunday so we'll have jacob on the show on thursday to preview bears and colts and then we'll have the uh the deep dive preview on friday to get us ready uh for bears colts uh on sunday so this is it guys victory episode putting the closing the book on bears falcons week three our beloved move to three and oh tied with the very impressive green bay packers for first in the nfc north unfortunately the falcons who should be a 2 and one football team right now fall to oh and three and um it's uh it's not a not a pretty thing that's happening down in the dirty south uh right now i don't think that they can say fire Quinn enough uh down there so uh anyway like i said that's going to do it for the week 3 review episode of the bears talk underground we will be back on thursday with our guest guest the preview bears Colts week 4 and until then my name is larry d and this has been the bears talk underground hey, hey. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash wondery.